From Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 16. Let's read together. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you? Who do you say I am? Simon Peter, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you. You may be seated. And I invite all of you, including you guys up front, uh, to take that outline as we look at God's word together. Confirmance. For months, you have been introduced to informed about, taught about Jesus. You've heard about his birth. You've examined his life. You've been introduced to his teachings. You have heard amazing things about his death and his resurrection. Now comes the time for a decision. And that decision is your response to this question. Who is Jesus? And what is my response to him going to be? One day Jesus was with his disciples in Caesarea Philippi. And by now, people had begun to start talking about Jesus. He was drawing crowds everywhere he went. There was lots of buzz about who this Jesus was. And so one day, uh, they have a few moments of, of solitude. And Jesus decides to ask them what they're hearing. And so he says to them, who do, who do people say that I am? And they started giving answers they had heard. Some say you're John the Baptist, come back from the dead. Some say you're Elijah or Jeremiah, one of the prophets, and they probably had a whole lot of other answers that they gave. Now, Jesus was intrigued by that, but that's really not what Jesus wanted to know. Jesus' concern was more personal. He looked at them square in the eye, just as I'm looking at you, and he said, what about you? Who do you say that I am? Now, That is the primary question for today. But before we get to that question, I want to ask you a different question. And I I hope you'll understand why in just a moment. In addition to the question, who is Jesus, the other question that I have for you today, and for you as well, who are you? Now, when I ask that question, who are you, that, just, that doesn't just mean, you know, what's your name, what grade are you in school, where do you live? It goes much deeper than that. It means who are you? What's your story? What are the things that matter to you? What are the things you believe? What kind of things do you like to do? What uh, kind of music do you like to listen to? What are your hopes? What are your dreams? Uh, what are your priorities? Who are you. Now, I realize that when I ask you guys that question, the answer to that question is still being formulated. An answer. Because see, your life has just begun. 
your personality, your identity, your story, your likes, your dislikes, your dreams, all that is still being formed. So any answer you give me today when I say, who are you, any answer you give me is going to be incomplete because that's still in process, right? It's still in the works. But I'm asking you that question because the eventual answer to that question is how you answer this question. Who is Jesus Christ? And what are you going to do about it? You see, how you answer that question will determine how that other question will be answered 20, 30, 40 years from now. So here's the truth I want you to hear. Who you become tomorrow depends on how you answer the question about Jesus today. Okay? Who you become tomorrow will depend upon how you answer the question about Jesus today. Now, I want to give you two things to think about that reveal the interconnectedness of these two questions. First thing is this. If you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and if you keep believing that tomorrow and the next year and the year after that and the year after that, if you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, you are going to come to realize that you are a child of God. That's who you are. You are a child of God. And that means you have great value to your Heavenly Father. You are, you are prized above anything else. He, you matter to God more than anything else. Uh, you, are, you are the most important thing to God. is His children. And you are one of His children. You are precious. You are valuable. You matter. Regardless of what anybody else might say, you are a child of God. You've been created by the image of God. You matter to Him. See, biology tells you that you are a collection of cells. Physiology tells you that you are a living creature that breathes. Psychology tells you that you are a creature that has the capacity to think and reason and to make judgments and to feel emotion. Theology says all of those are true, but you are far more than any of that. You are a child of God. You matter to Him. And when you understand that that's who you are, it radically changes the trajectory of your life. It, 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 it remarkably, it radically changes everything about you when you understand that. I heard a new praise song the other day. I, I wish to goodness I could, could play it in here so you could actually hear it, but... Uh, I know most of you probably 
know how to Google. Go to YouTube this afternoon and Google Child of God. You praise song. It's, it's amazing. I just want to share some of the words with you. I'm no longer a slave to fear, for I am a child of God. From my mother's womb, you have chosen me. Love has called my name. I've been born again into your family. Your blood flows through my veins. You split the sea so I could walk right through it. My fears were drowned in perfect love. You rescued me. So I will stand and say, I am a child of God. If today you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and if you continue that, you will come to know who you are, a child of God. Now here's the second thing I want to share with you about the interconnectedness of these two questions. If you make Jesus Lord of your life, and if you keep Jesus Lord of your life, your life is going to be shaped and formed by Him. That means you are going, that is going to save you from a lot of heartache and confusion in pain. You see, there's a lot of people today who are going to spend their entire life clueless about what life really means. There are people, some of your friends in school, there are people who are going to go through their entire life in confusion, in bewilderment, trying to figure out what life's all about, never really understanding it, and they're going to come to the end of their life and they're going to say, was that it? I mean, is that all there is? When you make Jesus Lord and keep Him Lord, life begins to come into focus. Life takes on a purpose that drives you. You begin to, to understand uh, why you're here on this earth. And not only is your life given meaning and purpose, you're given the tools. When Christ is Lord, you are given the tools to live life effectively. And while life for many is going to be an endless cycle of meaningless events over and over and over, and they come to the end and they don't know what it's about, for you, if Christ is Lord of your life, He's going to bring it into focus, He's going to give it meaning, and He's going to bring purpose. He's going to be your counselor. He's going to be your guide. He's going to be your friend. Listen, you're going to make some really bad, probably, decisions over the course of your life. I hope not. But most of us, anybody here making bad decisions, the rest of you? Yeah. (laughs) Life isn't always easy, but here's here's the deal. If Jesus is your Lord, you keep him, Lord, you're going to be far less likely to make a whole lot of those. And you're going to be guided and steered in a, in a direction and in a fashion that your life is going to be saved 
from a lot of unnecessary hurt and pain. Y'all know the name Johnny Menzel? I don't usually, you know, talk about individuals like this, but I just feel compelled today to talk about this for just a moment. Johnny Menzel, for the rest of those of you may not know, he was a Heisman Trophy winner, best college football player in America a few years ago, and he was um, he was uh, recruited by, signed by the Cleveland Browns two years ago. Listen, he was so good at football, his nickname was Mr. Football. I mean, he epitomized perfection as a football player. And he, he had dreams of going great places and doing great things. Do you know what happened the other day? The Cleveland Browns cut him from the roster. You know why? By his own admission, Johnny Menzel would tell you today, his life is a train wreck. It's confused. It's messed up. He's, he's got all kind of turmoil brought into his life by, because of, uh, of alcohol and excessive partying and uh, a lawsuit against him and a lack of commitment to his teammates. And they just cut him loose the other day. He had great potential. He, he could, maybe still can, but I don't know, accomplish great things with his life. Listen, I don't know Johnny Mandel's, Mandel's uh, heart. I don't know his spiritual commitments. By the way, I, after the service, somebody who was at 8.30 said, I know Johnny Menzel. Listen, he, had, he didn't stand a chance. His background, his upbringing was horrible. I said, well, that, that helps me understand some things. Let me tell you this. I don't know Johnny Menzel personally, but I'm going to say something here. If Johnny Menzel, when he was your age, made the decision you are making, to make Jesus your Lord. And if the year after that and, and every year since, Johnny Manziel allowed Jesus Christ to be Lord of his life, his life would have turned out a whole lot differently. Amen. He wouldn't have some of the unnecessary heartache and disappointment and problems that he's got going on in his life right now. When Jesus is Lord... He shapes and forms your life. He directs it. He doesn't take it down. He lifts it up. I'm going to be praying for Johnny Manziel that, that the Lord can work in his life and give it new meaning. I heard the other day about a young millennial woman. Uh, I, I shared this in uh, the community service that we had a couple of weeks ago. A young millennial woman who uh, expresses not just her understanding, but I think many in her generation about the Christian faith. Here's what she said. She said, I'm attracted to the teachings of Christianity. Loving one another, forgiving others, compassion for the poor. I'm attracted to the teachings of Jesus. Why isn't that enough? Why do I have to have some relationship with Jesus as Lord of my life? And she was expressing that for her and many in her generation, apparently the teachings of Jesus are more important than Jesus himself. 
Now, what's wrong with that? The teachings of Jesus are fine. They're wonderful. But, but here's the thing. Knowing the teachings of Jesus is not going to give you the power you need to live the life that God is calling you to live and to be the person God is calling you to be. That only happens not by knowing the teachings of Jesus. That happens when Jesus becomes Lord of your life and you're living a relationship day in and day out with Him. That's where the power is. See, when His life is merged with yours, and He's living in you, His Spirit begins to form your spirit. His truth becomes your truth. His values become your values. His life begins to transform your life and make it whole. If you will make Christ Lord of your life today, and keep Him Lord of your life, life for you is not going to be some confused, meaningless, aimless journey. It will be a journey of faith and trust and hope in the God who created you and who loves you. So I ask you again, who are you? That will be determined By who you say Jesus is.